Hello, everybody. Welcome to Boss Rush Podcast. I'm your host, the energetic and enlightening Eddie V. Joining me as always is the wise Wisconsin Knight, Mr. Jesse Douglas. How's it going? Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> I look, I was so happy to call you from my car. It just like oh, my car just, just like uh yeah. So uh <laughs> One day I'm gonna be at Taco Bell and I'm gonna call you and you're gonna be in the Taco Bell line and we're gonna be chit chatting. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, it is Boss Man himself, Mr. Corey Deer. Hello. I'm it's happy everybody. to be here. Thank you for having me on this Saturday uh, afternoon. I appreciate I, it. I am literally trying to recover from our Zelda talk yesterday night. Uh, I know. It was such a good talk. Oh, I just. She's just a treat. She's just a real joy. Oh, she is. You know, I mean, I, like, we, we have a lot of people on that are fun to talk to and hang out with and stuff. But I don't know, man. There's just something, like, just a treat to talk to. So, she's a... For those who are wondering and didn't listen to the Nintendo Power Block, she's a, she's a blog writer over at another Zelda podcast, and she's been on a few episodes, and uh, she's probably going to be joining us, you know more often than not on Nintendo Power Block. So she's she's awesome. So yeah. Go check that episode out. It was a good time. We talked about a Zelda trilogy. A, a Breath of the Wild overarching trilogy. So Yes. And we we deep dive and bounced off go listen to it. It's up on uh our YouTube page. Yeah. Go just yeah go check but it out. But this episode's not about her. It's it's about our special guest said. Yes. Oh and I'm so happy to have my special guest. <laughs> Celebrating Pride Month with me and everybody else at Boss Rush. <sighs> I just love this guy. He is the host of the Weekly Cooldown. And if you don't know about this podcast, you are not getting your life. You are missing <laughs> out. Uh, he speaks from a LGBTQ um, kind of viewpoint. And the, his podcast is phenomenal. It's so good. Everybody... Please welcome the host of the weekly pod, Cool Down. Uh, come here, Jace. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Actually, what I do is hello, hello, hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, I took my cat to the vet. That was like a one-minute ordeal that we had to drive 20 minutes for. Um, it's always a good time. Right, yeah, it was it was fine though. She she cried a lot on the way there because she doesn't like getting in the car. But on the way back, she was really quiet. And then we got home and we gave her a little extra food for being a good girl at the doctor's. And and now I'm here doing this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, so happy pride to you, Kami uh, G's. Um, you know, me and you uh, celebrated in different ways and everything. And at, you know, Corey and Jesse, uh, you guys are Our heteros. Like, yes, they're heteros. We're yes. breeders. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they 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 support us, and uh, hopefully, they celebrate in their own way. You know, seeing more people of color and more. Um, LGBTQ uh, people, creative content and stuff like just you guys support, you know. So we've we've been having that conversation a lot recently. Where you know, I mean, we we try to be diverse and like 
you know, have guests on that are different from, you know, us, especially me and Jesse, right? But uh, we've been having that conversation a lot more aside from what's going on in the world, the real world, right? Like it, we, we want to have more uh, gay people on. We want to have more people of color on. We want to have more women on. Like we've been, we just want to have different voices and, you know, that's I'm, – I'm glad you're here. Honestly, this is oh, thank you. Yeah, this is a treat. Um, really, I guess I, I can. I mean, I can speak to that though. It's hard even for me, being an out gay black man, to always get anyone who isn't like not to be rude, but white and straight, <laughs> because it is a kind of a saturated market for podcasters, for streamers, mm-hmm. for gamers, and it, it can be rough to find you know some diversity in there but when you do you know you kind of want to latch onto it <laughs> make sure you mm-hmm. always follow up with them make sure you always keep up with them see what they're doing promote their stuff and they'll you know they'll return in kind they're you know we're not mm-hmm. uh we're not uh out to uh ostracize any fellow gamers this is not gamer gate ta uh, yeah. uh <laughs> and it's together um from straights to gays to trans and all everything else in between, we are in it together as gamers. Gamers with a Y, though. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, before we get into the housekeeping, uh, uh, Jace, can you want to talk about the weekly cooldown and what the podcast is about? Sure. So uh, the tagline is kind of the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. So every week I try to have maybe one to two, sometimes three guests on. Uh, and we what we really want to do is not only get to know the news and kind of break it down so that, you know, even the non-gamiest gamer could get in on it. But also to uh, kind of get to know other people as gamers, not just as people who play games, but rather like what games do they play and what, is, you know, through getting to know their opinions about the news you also get to know them as a person, as a gamer, and, you know, uh, we go into politics, so you get to know their politics a little bit. So it's a a little bit of everything, but it's always centered around gaming. And I think that's kind of my way of bringing in the, like, gaming news thing, which I love, because I'm a a journalist by trade, Um, but also bringing in, like, my own kind of fun almost semi-comedic kind of twist on it um, because I do like to talk a lot. I do like to joke a lot and I like to get to know people. So I kind of incorporate all my loves into one and lo and behold, it's my uh, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is amazing. Well, we're going to get into some housekeeping. Um, You guys can follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Podcast and on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Rush Podcast. Join our Discord, Xbox console community, and our Destiny clan. And, you know, our live shows that we do for most of our podcasts, you guys can uh, tune in also on live on Mixer and Twitch at Boss Rush Games Live, all one word, to chat with us live on air. You can also find all of our content on BossRushGames.com. We uh, want you guys to join us on Sunday Night Arsenal for the pre-show, the live podcast recording, and uh, what's on Game Pass. And you can see that on Mixer and Twitch. Um, Also, to remember to check out our family of shows, podcasts, Podcasts and videos on YouTube slash, uh, I mean YouTube.com slash Bushwick Games podcast services, and of course on Bushwick You guys, it has been 
a week of mm-hmm. news. But the one of the biggest and major news stories is that the PlayStation 5 got revealed. They showed off some new games um, that are coming from some of their like, smaller first-party studios, um, some indies. Uh, um, like They... Uh, Showed us Godfall, a game that got announced, like the first PlayStation PlayStation Five game that got announced last year at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually showed some gameplay, and then they revealed the system. And we have thoughts and everything. Um, I do want to say that Celeste did join us also um, on Thursday. We and Corey we did a live reaction. Uh, to it so us three we watched it talked about the games that they show and gave our feelings about the system itself so do go check that out on our our youtube page and on our website Uh, but comedy jays what are your thoughts on this like did did they first of all did they succeed you know did they really sell people on the playstation 5 or do you think they sold uh, people on the PlayStation 5. So, succeed is a word that I think I might avoid because it's really hard to measure that based on the reactions of people on the internet because you have the one crowd who says, you know, the Xbox still looks stronger. Um, then they list all the specs of the S- Xbox and all the specs of the PS5, and it does look to be a little bit uh, like Xbox might have an edge. But then you have all the PS5 stand boys who are really, really holding on to Sony, holding on to PlayStation. So it's hard to say if they succeeded. What I will say, though, is that based on <laughs> based on the memes alone, <laughs> they have, I think, more staying power than Xbox has right now. Because they can constantly be in the zeitgeist for having a system that looks a little weird and that i think is just a a check mark in the right box for uh sony and for playstation um i think the reveal and i think the event was very well put together um and i also think that the uh ips and the games they decided to show us was very uh, uh uh well thought out um, simply because they, they, I think they know their player base better than most other companies do. Um, Gran Turismo is a like longtime Sony kind of PlayStation kind of uh, uh, like heart, right? It, it comes together in a way where like uh, Forza Motorsport and those other racing games don't really match up. Uh, Gran Turismo, I think was released in 98 for the first PlayStation 1 and yeah. has since been a staple of PlayStation 4 years. So showing Gran Turismo 7 as a means of not only saying here's Gran Turismo again but also um showing off the graphics. I mean it looked really really clean and really crisp, right? Yeah. Um, was a great way to start out, aside from showing us Grand Theft Auto V, um, it was a great way to start out the the whole presentation. Yeah, the thing with Gran Turismo, though, is that it has a very history, like it has its ups and downs, mm-hmm. and with Forza, it has its ups and downs, but the, the ups and downs is more is that People care about Horizon than Motorsport. Yeah, it is right. very it's very weird, um, and that's only because they split the series. Don't get me wrong, Gran Turismo, you literally have to know your cars. Yeah, you I think really, 
I think, oh, sorry not to cut you off, but I think the the way Gran Turismo has always spoken to that audience is like, I kind of equivalent, equivalent it to like people who only buy like racing games on our hardcore car people buy mm-hmm. Gran Turismo mm-hmm. or Forza mm-hmm. Motorsport, Gear, right? The you, They're basically like, <laughs> it's almost like the Madden conundrum where people... Yeah. love to play Madden but they're not they don't call themselves gamers right they just play Madden or they just right. play Gran mm-hmm. Turismo or they just play Call of Duty like I feel like Gran Turismo is actually in that uh, area of mm-hmm. sorry my kids uh, kitchen thing is going off in the <laughs> just like <laughs> randomly there's a ghost in there uh, but it, it's I think honestly out of this whole presentation I feel like Gran Turismo was actually like the poorest showing out of hmm. everything uh just in my opinion because like i kind of every time a console launches you have to have that car game to show off how great the console looks right like that's that's mm-hmm. the biggest stereotype in new that's console true. launches uh the and, dirt but like even for like series x they had yeah dirt. but i think this right. is a little different though because dirt's yeah. not as Gran Turismo e is Gran Turismo, right? Like but, I, yeah. I feel like for, but as for a car game. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. Uh and then in July I'm sure we're going to see Forza Motorsports 8 yeah. mm-hmm. 7 8 yeah. what number are they on? Eight. 37. Eight. Uh <laughs> Well, I guess the the interesting thing I picked out about Gran Turismo in particular is that uh, to your point, it is one of those games where uh, you know, gearheads will pick it up and they're like, oh, I got my car game. I'm really excited to drive virtually. Um, but mm-hmm. um, they made a point to uh, tagline this one. I don't think I've seen it be been taglined before. Um, Gran Turismo 7 was taglined in the showcase as the real driving simulator. So I think they are That's at a- least trying that to was a- reach out. That was a tagline used for the very first game. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and then they haven't really used it since. Uh, right. I think, you know, with everything that they showed, even at the beginning where they used this, the PlayStation 1 kind of Sony orange, like the right. orange mm-hmm. box thing, they were really reaching out to the history of PlayStation. And I feel like this is one of the, another one of those kind of like nods to that original it lineup of like PlayStation games. It feels like they're reaching out for us older people who have been with the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and then maybe dropped off with 3 and 4, mm-hmm. and also kind of reaching for all those other, uh, you know, the Xbox players or the mm-hmm. general just PC groups who have been like, I don't really feel like there's a game out there for me. Um, and also, like, you guys don't really do simulators, right? I can get all my cool simulators yeah. on PC. Well, you got Gran Turismo, right? Right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The racing sim. Because was it is Drive Club part of Sony's first party? Or was yeah, but they pulled the plug on that game real fast. <laughs> so. Okay, but yeah, I mean technically yes, it is part of Sony's uh, first party. It was what Evolution did that, and then they yeah. they kind of closed Evolution, and then they reopened as Evo for someone else, and made that other mm-hmm. car game, and just didn't it didn't do well for them at all. Which I feel bad because uh, MotorStorm was a really cool racing franchise. Oh, I love the second MotorStorm. That one mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah, that was the uh, first. I think that was like the first or second game I got with my PlayStation Three was MotorStorm. I got Resistance in that. I think. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, so Jesse, what are okay? So like me and you, we was conversating here and there. Uh, but you probably came back and rewatched everything. Uh, do you think it sold? Uh, you think the PlayStation Five sold a lot of people to a lot of people? Um, like, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, you know, like like people who know me, you know, know that I I have not been in you know in the PlayStation. Uh, uh, you know, consoles for the last two generations. And, you know, like, just my thing that I've always said about, you know, with with my, with uh, Sony is that I've just, that, like, it seems like a lot of the times maybe one game out of all, like, all the shows that they would show or whatever, uh, you know, showing off their games, maybe occasionally one or two games would show up that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, with this show, like, as far as selling it for me personally, I think they probably couldn't have did a better job of of showing stuff that is like. Honestly, it felt like they made this show. They're like, okay, we've got to win Jesse over. Right. <laughs> this is what we will do. We will show these games, and because like I, you know, like I. Don't, it's not that I don't like Spider-Man. I just, like, I didn't really care too much for the first game. But when they showed Miles Morales, I'm like, mm-hmm. boom, yes. This is this is what I want. Like, we've been playing, you know, as the, the uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man, you know, for a long time. And, like, it's always Peter Parker. Like, I want... They have such a big, vast variety of stuff in the Spider-Man universe alone mm-hmm. that I just want some of that that more obscure stuff to be to be you know done and like boom like right away I was like yes I want to play this mm-hmm. and and they just they just kept on showing more and more and more games and none of them looking like the other one mm-hmm. and. This is something that I've been wanting from Sony for a long time, and I'm really glad they did it um, before this, you know, to show off this new console, because I definitely am going to get a PS5 when it comes out. You know, now there's still there's still some things that I that I really want to know more about, like, as far as, like, you know, a little bit more in-depth about the backwards compatibility and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, you know, there, there's, there's still some things that they need to, they, they need to speak about that, that we really don't have a lot of information about. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as going into the next generation and showing us games that we will have, like I think they did an excellent job of selling the console, because you know, like I mean, we got some, we got some, you know, big, big games like Horizon Zero Dawn two and and Spider Man stuff alone. Those two games alone are are like console sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, like they just they had a lot of great games from other studios outside, like. You know, like the project Athia, like I thought that game looked phenomenal. Um, you know, they and they had some, they threw some like new stuff in there too that that really 
no one would have expected or, you know, even thought about, you know, like the, they had that one really interesting, almost like Fortnite style kind of like destruction derby game. Oh, destruction all star. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that it, it, like I, at first when I seen it, I didn't know what to think about it. I literally thought it was twisted metal. I, I direction. Yeah, I didn't only because like Twisted Metal is so dark. I don't think it would it would play as well doing it like that. I don't I cuz that's the, more for the hardcore. Right. Like, I think it was I think it was the vibe of it. There was something yeah. about I think the car battles and not yeah. so much the people that was like yeah. jumping out and running. It was just like yeah. this feels very Twisted Metal. And so mm-hmm. I thought I, it felt like they're going in a new direction with Twisted Metal. Yeah. It's no do we do we know who who made that? Like I I don't remember what company. What, they, is it is it the people who made Twisted they didn't Metal? Announce, they didn't announce. They didn't. I think the studio was called Lucid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, I thought it was. Like I, like you, I thought it was going to be like this new take on Twisted Metal, and like a twenty first century style like. Uh, almost millennial or Gen Z version of Twisted Metal, and I half expected to see some sort of like hipster sweet tooth pop out in a really cool looking ice cream <laughs> truck. Honestly, like I, I really thought that that's what this was going to be, and it was almost taking a, you know, not to compare it to m- compare everything to Microsoft's games, but like a bleeding edge approach where you just have all these different characters that are so different and unique, but all kind of fit in this thing. And I thought I was like. I know Twisted Metal fans would be really mad at this, but I think this yeah. would be a cool twist. No pun intended on Twisted Metal. You know, like I, th- I think yeah. adding new characters and maybe sprinkling in some new takes on old characters would be really cool, but that didn't go that way. Yeah. I think the no, thing I... that kind of sets Destruction All-Stars apart from Twisted Metal is the idea that if you are outside of the car or once you are outside of the car, you're still in the fight um, because you can do like your melee attacks against the other players who are in the arena with you. You can ride on top of cars. Um, I saw some action bit they did where uh, someone was standing in the middle and two cars were coming at them and they jumped over the car. So the, both the cars (laughs) collided on each other. So uh, it's got a, it's, it's got a, Similar game game style, and a, it, you know, it seems to be that kind of arena fighter type thing, like mm-hmm. Overwatch or something like that. But mm-hmm. it it takes its own spin on it. And yeah. I also remember the first thing out of my mouth that I said when I saw the characters was, "Those are some really good looking uh, people of color." So I was like, "All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm all the way in." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I didn't know what to think at first, like whether I liked it or not. But I, I did watch that one again, and 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 yeah, I think I think I'm definitely in for it because like I do like like Wreckfest is like one of my favorite yeah. games to play we, right now we, on, we had on to Xbox. Make a, we're gonna have to make a day, uh, Jesse, for Wreckfest because uh, yeah, I need to start it. <laughs> I need to start yeah. it. With you. Uh, yeah. But um. Before we go, um, Corey, what are your thoughts? Do you think it sold people on the PlayStation Five? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it it sold me on the PlayStation Five. Like, I, I really, I was like, like at first, I was kind of worried. I was like, they're opening with Grand Theft Auto. Really, this is this is where they're going with this event. <laughs> uh, 
and then they showed kind of like a highlight reel of PlayStation 4 stuff, and I was like, is this their way of saying that it's backwards compatible with some games? Like, I don't really understand where they're mm-hmm. going with it. But after that opening thing and Jim Ryan stopped talking, which I was could care less about when he speaks, honestly, he's just kind of <laughs> like this. I don't know. He's kind of boring, to be 100% honest. Uh, but when they showed that Miles Morales trailer, I've I've watched that trailer 10 times by now, and I I was one of those people who played Spider-Man and was like, yeah, this is fun. I don't know why people think this is like the greatest game of all time or anything, but it's it's fun, right? Like I like swinging around. Mm-hmm. I, but I mean, even as someone who doesn't read a lot of comic books or anything, I've heard Peter Parker's story a thousand times, like Jesse yes. said, and I'm like, I'm ready. You know the for, story beats. I'm like, I know who Miles Morales is, but I don't know him like we know Peter Parker, mm-hmm. right? And this is just mm-hmm. so much cool. Plus, like. The music in the trailer was like really like I was like I mm-hmm. I like just unconsciously I felt my head just start bobbing to the music. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is so cool. And like when you see him walking down the street and like he like kind of puts his hood up on his shoulder walking down the street, I was like, this game's got a vibe to it that I just want to be in this world and play mm-hmm. this again. And it, mm-hmm. and it actually like made me go back to Spider-Man PS4 uh, and kind of play around with it again because i'm like i kind of want to finish this so i'm kind of caught up when miles morales comes out you know right i I know there's going to be a ps5 version of spider-man and hopefully they do the smart delivery thing where if you already own it they kind of just give it to you but uh i was really feeling the miles morales thing and then from there the pacing i thought after like starting with the miles morales trailer i thought the pacing was almost perfect to a t it really did the thing that we've on this on this show for years have been saying you know sony's a gritty third person action studio like a company like that's all we're getting from them is aside from small things like maybe ratchet and clank and uh, a little big planet and stuff like that but you know you think of god of war the last of us uncharted uh Mm -hmm. horizon these are all third person action games even even bloodborne and the order and some of these games days gone death stranding all third person gritty action games and everything in this trailer spoke to someone different and and like i get that not not every game was for me right but the pacing was good i enjoyed all the trailers every single trailer got me interested even the ones i didn't like like the Mm -hmm. bug snacks one i thought was just this oddity in this whole thing i was like that was a direct to home DVD. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is a weird, <laughs> stupid looking game, but I'm kind of interested because it's so People stupid looking. So yeah. you know, I and then obviously the the game that that truly sold me on PlayStation Five obviously was Horizon because it's the first one is my favorite. Okay, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And and and, mm-hmm. and we, me and Corey talked about this on Reveal. We were just the art direction that Gorilla Games has went with. Like they so really put cut. So it's exactly mm-hmm. like Horizon Zero Dawn. Love it. It's it's yeah. part, it's my second favorite PlayStation Four game on that system. Just seeing them like design this world, like I, I'm sorry, they put Red Dead Redemption Two to shame. <laughs> if yeah. we're talking about art and environment, Gorilla put them to shame. And like, but just oh, go ahead. just to play off of you, Ed, like from a studio that is known for for Killzone. 
to come out and like their first mm-hmm. attempt at an open world kind of action RPG. Mm-hmm. Horizon was phenomenal. Yeah, there's some things that mm-hmm. okay. I wish Aloy felt a little bit more agile. I wish the climbing was more like Breath of the Wild, you know, because <laughs> as someone who played Breath of the Wild first and then going to that game and realizing you can't climb everything was kind of like, oh, geez, this feels archaic already. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love Aloy. I love the the type of, of story they were telling. I thought the concept was interesting and, and everything. So, yeah, I... I Going west and seeing the underwater stuff, the uh, seeing the desert, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. the desert stuff. How big? Like for, my first thought was, how big is this game? We're going into a desert, and then we're going to San Francisco, and then we're going. Oh, well, what I'm assuming is the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Uh, underwater areas, like how big is this game going to be? Because Horizon One was a pretty large game. I mean, it, it wasn't like. Witcher size game or anything or Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it was still relatively big. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- that's the game. I, like I, I told you, I've told both of Jesse and Ed, right? Like PlayStation, I'll buy a PlayStation five when horizon comes out. Uh, right. but right. there was other things in this, in this sequence of like questioning me buying a series X first because of, you know, the Sackboy game looks like, mario 3d world right like i i I Mm. love that game uh like i said before miles morales looked cool uh kenna was like yes that is now maybe my most anticipated game for that system you know they got two bethesda games console exclusively like not that i'm really interested in that but that's a cool get for them you know uh Mm. so this was this was i was this might be the most impressive console reveal i think i've ever seen absolutely it, it i i feel like this is the best this is what we all wanted sony to do at every e3 mm-hmm. it's really just to show us a diverse i've talked about showing us a diverse of games with different art styles and they knocked it with this presentation mm-hmm. you know uh, little dev, the little devil game just seeing yeah, that, that game looks so amazing it's, it's, oh yes um, uh, you mentioned Ken Kimma, the art direction and uh, um, the art direction and uh, Horizon Two, uh, Resident Evil Eight, having still yet yeah, its first person, but it's I'm like they're stepping away, and uh, I made a prediction on our show that Chris Redfield is coming back, but he's evil, and so you're gonna have to fight him. And just enough, it looks like you're going to be having to go through them. We don't know yet or anything. I did pre- predict that Resident Evil 8 was going to be shown there. Uh, I, Resident Evil Village, that doesn't just sound, sound so weird. It's, it's because of the, the Roman numerals. Yeah. The, the, yeah. They wanted, they had to, they didn't have a whole lot of choices. But, but I it wonder makes what they're going to do for though. 9 now. <laughs> it, it makes sense though because i did honestly i i got some p i got some re4 vibes yeah from it yeah because because like the whole the whole village of like you know like old timey looking mm-hmm. people and stuff like that it it i don't know why but it just it gave me some re4 you're, vibes you're actually right to uh pick up on that because what 
a lot of Resident Evil fans, myself included, are uh, believe is that um, it is a revisit to the original idea for Resident Evil 4, which it, uh, centered around Leon having these kind of hallucinations um, instead of uh, dealing with, you know, the plagas and uh, villagers coming after him. But yeah. the villager aspect was still in Resident Evil 4 to begin with, um, mm-hmm. just alongside this hallucination bit. Uh, so now you have that being played up a little bit in eight uh, or village. Uh, <laughs> so um, you, you're right to pick up on that, and it's going to be interesting to see what how it ties into the larger arc of Resident Evil. Um, given that seven was such, in my opinion, a larger departure from the narrative they've been telling from one to six, um, and with all the other games in between. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to, to see how the you know the virus aspect, the parasite aspect, mm-hmm. plays into the hallucinations, um, the idea that the villagers are um, you know once again the villagers are after you for some messed up reason I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, villages aren't just for Leon now. <laughs> uh, I was actually. Uh, oh. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, um, Pogmata, uh, or Pogmata, whatever that mm-hmm. one is, the space one. It looks like a, I, I told Corey and Jesse, I'm like, this looks like a mixture of um, the Resident Evil hair with the little girl and Vanquish 2. Mm-hmm. And then looking at it, I was just like, someone developed Gravity Rush because, uh, was it Gravity Rush? The one on PlayStation? Yeah, yeah. Gravity Rush was on. Yeah. yeah. It when they were falling in the air, it had that feel when she when they touched and she flew back to it and the eye. I'm like, this is Gravity Rush or something. <laughs> Just like, and I'm all here for what they have to offer with that because I am like, yeah, that's on my list. Uh, but uh, Corey, you was gonna say something about Resident Evil? Go ahead. Yeah, I was actually just from like the supernatural stuff. I was kind of getting Code Veronica vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just you know from the 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 way they that some of the characters were dressed and kind of like the the just the overall kind of filter on the game and i know that that resident evil 7 had a uh, one of those kind of grossy filters on it too to make the game feel more ominous and stuff but uh i don't know that's kind of the vibe i got but you know the resident evil 4 stuff obviously makes sense too being in set in a village so that that was all i was really going to mm-hmm. say i was just commenting on the previous discussion yeah Uh, and i think that's is i think this is why um and i I think uh i mentioned that what microsoft with the first position uh presentation that microsoft showed with the 30 party games that it was that it was missing what sony had to offer Mm -hmm. um but we still love the console look of series x and it's the vice versa with this where the games are looks phenomenal, but the console looks like a wireless router. It looks there's it something looks strange. Up, it looks it looks strange, and I I understand what they were trying to go for, but I um I was telling Corey I was just like if they took the white part out and had that just design with the blue coming out, if when you turn the power on they have the controller symbols on it and it light up through there, um 
and you could just probably have like a blue kind of, or white kind of disc uh, drop. And even if they wanted to make that part white with the blue coming out, that would have still look cool mm-hmm. um, uh, with it. And it was just like, just the way that it looked, I'm just like, this does, that you guys could have simplified this. And I feel like Series X, I, I, I actually, I still think the Wii looks better than the PlayStation 5. I'm sorry. The Wii? Y'all could. Yes, the oh. literal V, the the one in white when they first showed it. I didn't think that's the Wii looked just... ugly. People did not like the Wii when it came out. People don't and... like anything. <laughs> well, that's fair. Not... fair. I stand corrected. To... <laughs> when it comes to having a white console, um, I think that sleek design of the, when they first showed the Wii, the Wii was very impressive, and I that's still think. And I still think to this very day, you you can have great games and everything, but sometimes, yes, you are going for a really different modern thing, and you got to think about all the components that have to fit into uh, a console. But I was just like, ah, that yeah. white, just that out thing, because everybody started putting the Yu-Gi-Oh! Kabya. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was hit. not sure what the popped collar is on the yeah. PlayStation 5, but... Yeah, and then people were just joking around, saying, you know, putting pieces of paper around their router, uh, router, mm-hmm. and, and said it like my brother got the PlayStation Five and stuff. And it was just like, now I will say, someone did go far with the Xbox Series X. They put the twin towers, um, with this, this they had the Series X twin towers, uh, and fire coming out of it and stuff. And I was just like, okay, that's a little bit too far. I'm like, I understand you're trying to be, you know, as a joke, and you might not think it's disrespectful, but I'm like, a lot of people lost their lives to that. So let's, you know, let's not move this one around. You have every right to create it. I can't say nothing else about that, but um, I, I think with this next gen, or with this current generation coming, not to a close yet, but kind of evolving because some people still feel like there are great games that they're going to come up with some amazing graphics um and series x and playstation 5 is going to continue that with you know some enhancements um i think i will i think i am getting i am getting playstation 5 no doubt i feel like series x though has an advantage over PlayStation 5. We'll see how the launch... We'll see how each launch games are going to come out. And also, mm-hmm. shout out to Sony for actually having games ready to go up to 22. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mm-hmm. good. Uh, and when we see what Microsoft has to offer, you know, everybody get your coins up. Get ready for what Nintendo's going to be, what Nintendo's going to have, what Sony, what Sony's going to have, what Microsoft's going to have, even with PC with their graphics cards and stuff. And people are, you know, if the PC stuff is ready to go, you know, we'll see how Cyberpunk 2077 does in the future. Mm-hmm. Like I think this, I think this fall, this fall and winter, I think we all have an idea of what game is going to be. Um, how it gets executed though is what we're all going to wait and see for. I know we're all thinking about pricing and everything, but we'll see. So, um, well, one one <laughs> one last thing I wanted to yeah, add. Ahead, that, um, now I know Corey, when you guys were doing the reveal talk or whatever, you guys were or doing the uh, the live watch or whatever. Mm-hmm. You you had mentioned. Um, you know about about Ratchet and Clank, the the whole like going through those portal things and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, 
of yeah. that being something that that you probably wouldn't be able to do on the PS4. Um, that's the thing is I I do definitely want um. Sony to be held to their word about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. about the claiming that all these games that they're going to make for this PS5 won't be able to be would have wouldn't have been able to be played on the PS4. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. because we're in a really rough time when it comes to money and you know to force people to to just write out without any, you know, time period to kind of let people ease into it, just force people to have to right away buy a new console. Mm. You better be delivering on that claim. And I want proof of it because it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a bad time to make, to be a, a, like you have to buy this. Mm. Well, it's, and that's this is for any console, really. When you're going yeah. to market stuff for it, you best you're going to be held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. And that's and th- yeah, that's why I talk about Series X. I'm like, give me that 4K 60. Don't make me choose because it shouldn't come out after the fact mm-hmm. that you say that, and then when it's released, I have to choose. You said nothing yeah. about the choosing part during your marketing. Everybody has seen that with Stadia. Yeah. You all promised this stuff and out of the gate it's not there. So if you're if we're gonna hold Sony to it, I hope I, I, I hold Nintendo to everything they say. I hold Microsoft and Sony to everything that they say. If you're going to market this stuff, you better deliver. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. if you can't deliver at the at the time when you're marketing out, we will all forgive you if you mention something that is this something that we're planning to roll just out? just be oh good like just be open and honest about it right like i think that's yeah just be mm-hmm. transparent about it like i think that's something that microsoft has been very good at you know yes. in the last yeah, the last few years uh nintendo maybe not so much although they they don't really have anything that they're like you got to get this. I think the I think the biggest thing for Nintendo is the Joy-Con issues, right? Like that's yeah, right. they kind of refuse to acknowledge it. Uh, uh, but I think everything that Sony delivered or showed today or uh, this week was uh, was something that I think they were true to their word on most of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the the only one is like the Miles Morales stuff, which I think Insomniac oh. came out and kind of uh, clarified on Twitter that. It is going to be a kind of Lost Legacy PS5 style game in the Spider-Man universe, uh, mm-hmm. kind of expanding on what uh, Spider-Man PS4 did, right? Uh, and and there and there will be an enhanced uh, PlayStation 5 version of Spider-Man PS4. Uh, so that was good, but you know, I, I think Sony at at this point, I think they are delivering on their message that they believe in console generations and that moving forward, the games that they develop will only be for PlayStation five. And you know, that I, I don't really know in this weird era of like digital games and how things carry forward and not like the only thing that they didn't clarify was, uh, how backwards compatibility and sm- like their version of smart delivery is going to work if they choose to go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in the comments, I'm, uh, I'm gonna uh, let you say something. Um, I kind of, I do wonder also if um, 
Sony changed their thought process about PlayStation 5, saying that they're only going to cater to hardcore gamers because what they show looked like this is not for hardcore gamers. This is for anybody and everybody. So it's now that messaging has changed. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's it may be because of Nintendo and Microsoft on how they're going to be delivering their content and stuff. Um that you know Nintendo always wants to have, you know, when they put stuff out, it's for everybody. Some of the games that Microsoft show, um uh or the, the third party stuff that they show is more towards hardcore gamers, but then you think of uh grounded, you think of um Forza, you think of Battletoads, and you think of some of the yeah the idea Xbox, but like even the, some of the first party stuff that Microsoft is doing, if they could, I think they was wasn't they supposed to be doing a skate game? Was that uh? I think it was uh, Sessions. It wasn't skate. I sessions think it was called Sessions, right? Yeah, it's, Sessions. Yeah, and I because I wonder if that if that is first party from Microsoft or even if they're publishing it, that's a game for everybody. And if mm-hmm. Microsoft definitely when they show their presentation in July, if they could knock it out that their first party is so diverse that it's for everybody, it's now going to be in the hands of. I think we realize that gaming now is definitely for everybody, and mm-hmm. just just having stuff for hardcore. It's, it doesn't work because sometimes the hardcore who, people who say they're gonna buy a lot of stuff doesn't make doesn't match numbers. Sometimes doesn't match. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't yeah, Kamajis, what you think? Oh, I mean, I agree. Basically, um, I don't really have much to say about um, uh, companies being held accountable just yet. Um, I think that. Um, it's it's uh, commonplace for companies to kind of say we're gonna give you this and then say oh but hold on not yet right they're they're always kind of like wishy washy a little bit touchy um, hard to read so um, I'm not entirely sure I have anything to say about that just yet I just want to I I mostly want to see how it all rolls out I want to see price points and then I'll have like big brain uh, ideas. ideas okay yeah. so. Um, we're going to get into the discussion about disc versus discless, um, the pros and cons for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and Jesse was talking about it and everything. And I was just like, you know what? This is going to be a good conversation. I'm like, so we're going to all give three pros about it and then three cons about it. Um, Can I start? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Jesse, go ahead. Because you had, you had, a lot, you had yeah. thoughts, and I wanted you to save yeah. it. I didn't want to yeah. discuss it with you yet yeah. because I was just, I knew you had to go and do some other things. Yeah. But it would have been like, we need to record this discussion. <laughs> you know, yeah. I get high with you, and we want to record stuff, and we don't have it. So, Jesse, go mm-hmm. ahead. What are three pros and three cons? Oh, do you want me? To, you want me to do pros and cons, or, or yeah. we all all do pros, and then we could all go through and do cons. We could all do. Do you want to do it that way? We could all. Do yeah. Why don't Why don't we do it that way? All the cons. Okay. So go yeah. ahead with your three pros. Um. Well, one, you know, like less clutter. Obviously, you don't have discs and stuff that you're trying to, you know, put on shelves and mm-hmm. and things like that. That's a pro. Um, you don't have to worry about like scratched or damaged discs, you know, not playing properly, uh, things like that. And then also, you know, like with 
with the you know and i brought this up with you one of the big things about especially the uh, series x is the ability to stop playing one game and start up another one and then start up another one and then start up another one and then go back to that first one and go back to now that doesn't work if you have to keep on switching out a disc. Is that so that you know stuff like that features is that like the, that? Is that the be fast? Used. Was it that the fast start or fast track or was that? Did it's give the 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 it's the uh, what did they call it the fast resume or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So so yeah, so features like that would be would be usable, but I don't see them unless they they haven't told us yet that hey you don't need a disc to play games anymore um you know i i don't know like that i the that just one in concept one work if you're having to switch a did i mean it could but you'd be having to get up but okay what well what game do i want to go to now okay i gotta put that disc in so like you know those kind of those kind of features and Things like that are going to be much more usable and and uh, give you you know that kind of experience that you just won't be able to use if you had to keep on putting the disc in, or you could, but it would just be very tedious and and kind of completely uh, you know go against the whole purpose of of what the what those features are for so oh, so everybody this is breaking news persona 4 golden is out on steam now for 1999 uh, oh. <laughs> yeah so they uh, i think alice just announced it so uh, that's breaking boss rush news i saw the uh, i saw the somebody tweet out like retweeting that and said did atlas just forget that the switch existed <laughs> <laughs> right yeah uh, is that, that all for your pros? Uh, yeah. Jesse? Yep. Yep. Uh, Corey, what are your pros? Uh, this versus this, this, or do you know? You could. I, I mean, it's for me like the convenience of not having have to having to get up to switch games is has. I mean, honestly, the convenience of being lazy when I want to switch games is very <laughs> nice. You know, I mean, it's the Netflix effect. Netflix has ruined everybody for you know that kind of stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I do kind of find myself in that middle ground of being like, yeah, digital is super convenient and stuff, but I, you know, Ed, you and I have talked a little bit about me kind of like rekindling a physical collection hobby thing of games that I absolutely mm-hmm. love uh, just in case something happens, you know, and like, like Jesse and I are both Game Pass subscribers, but one day mm-hmm. my internet went out and I found out that if you're not connected to the internet, you cannot play games connect that you downloaded off a of game pass, which really sucked. I mean, not that mm-hmm. I don't have enough other things to play or own or whatever outright, but uh, I wanted to play gears five and our internet was out and I couldn't because it was connected to game pass. So, um, I do have physical discs of games that I do love, like the entire gear series and mass effect and, uh, Halo, uh, you know, series that I absolutely love, and then obviously Nintendo has a huge library of, of games that I just have sitting on my shelf, even though I own a lot of them digitally. Uh, so if I absolutely love a game, I will buy the physical edition after I finish it or whatever, just to have it on the shelf. Uh, but pros of digital versus physical, like I, I think I just named 
physical, you know, a uh, uh, pro, you know, if your internet goes out and you have game pass, you have that physical disc, you can still pop mm-hmm. it in and play it. Uh, and then, you know, the convenience factors of downloading and going in and, uh, I think physical games actually are a little bit cheaper still because stores want to get rid of old inventory so they can bring in new inventory, which I think is a positive for people who are on a budget for games, uh, who don't have to like every game that you want, you can't spend $60 every time, right? It'll be, you'll Mm -hmm. just lose money, (laughs) you know, like it's just, so I think physical games are cheaper, which is a positive and then if you're in a bind, right, you can always sell your physical games back, you know, and that's uh, not that you really want to, but sometimes people get short on cash or they need, you know, this crazy time we live in, maybe you're not working, you know, and you need to pay rent or pay, pay your car payment or some eat that day, you know, and, and mm. trading in physical stuff is, is more useful than uh just deleting something off a hard drive that you're never going to play again and you can't do anything with so uh, trust me there's quite a few digital games i've purchased that i wish i could trade in and uh i can't because well they're digital so uh, so yeah uh but digital i think you know it's very convenient it's it's easy to uh scroll through and be like oh that's that looks fun. Let's play it. Let's download it now. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go get in my car, drive 15 to 20 minutes to the store, purchase it, drive back, wait for it to install, right? You, you just purchase it right there and, and be ready to go. So A lot mm-hmm. of times you can get it a couple of days early yeah. and, and yeah. pre-install it, you know, yeah. like, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the benefits of having Game Pass, I will admit, <laughs> it is one of the benefits. Uh, come here, Jace. Uh, what, uh, what's your pros for our disc versus discus? Well, uh, in the in the hopes that I can preserve a little time, because I, I heard some of my ideas thrown out already. Um, <laughs> the idea of uh, you know, uh, preloading games, I love. I love preloading games, uh, especially if it means I can like take the next day off and actually play the, you know, off of work and use my entire day to play the game. Um, as you said, um, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, oh shoot, what's the word? Lost the word, but, (laughs) um, it's, it's just a good idea in general for, for digital versions, um, uh, of games so that you can kind of, experience it uh at your own pace or switch it up if you need to like you said with the fast fast resume uh is it yeah i yeah. don't have a playstation um <laughs> um so i i like the ideas of uh con- convenience and being able to switch when you want and load it up when you want not having to wait for the disc to load as uh, you know scratch scratch free things etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um that being said i think I also resonate highly with the idea now more than ever, especially of uh, collecting your favorite games and having those physical copies. So mm-hmm. that is like the biggest pro on my list at the moment is just being able to hold my copy, my copy that I can put my name on if I wanted to of whatever game is out there. And it's I, I think that's a really beautiful thing personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
for me, uh, yes, it's definitely the physical, but more in a sense that you don't have to worry about having license issues. Mm-hmm. If something goes wrong with your digital copy with a license issue and you can't play the game, if your system recognizes your physical version, you're good to go. Uh, the pros of digital, though, is with Microsoft and, and Nintendo, there's a value thing added to it. So if you buy something off of Switch or you buy something off of Microsoft, you get points or coins mm-hmm. for you to purchase more stuff. Jesse, when I bought mm-hmm. you uh, the digital version of Doom, you got 6,000 points, which is worth $6. And you yeah. add it and it added up. When you're buying, when you're pre-ordering or buying something digitally on Nintendo and stuff, you you might get bonus coins, which allows you to buy more stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Sony offers that or anything. I think they have something like that. I, I just got the you have it. to you have to use their like Sony credit card or whatever to get Sony points or whatever to do it. But they do have a program. Uh, also, to that point, the Game Pass quests. For digital yeah. games, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta. Yeah. I think I have enough for like almost enough for a ten dollar gift card. For... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the uh, yeah, and like that. That's and that is so rewarding that if you you may not even like the game or something, but if you still like got some kind of money back, some kind of value to it to add up, you may be like, oh, I don't get paid till tomorrow. Oh, I got thirty-five thousand points. I could buy this game, or I could get this DLC. Like that's one of the great benefits of digital. Um, mm-hmm. Last, last but not least, um, it's it definitely showcased that games that are in different countries. Um, that you now can play on, on your system and get if you could trick your system if you could order a game from japan or from the uk physically and put it into your system then go ahead people have found workarounds on how to do it on switch so if there's a japanese game that you want to play before america gets it even though you may have to learn japanese or they may have some english subtitles you can literally do that and buy it digitally and not worry about it at all. You could go through Amazon and figure out how to get uh, Nintendo points or Microsoft points through that and and buy their games digitally uh, because of it being region-locked. And you might be able to do it with Sony too. Um, but it's good now that with digital and systems being region-free, you could get games early in that native language and stuff. Or you could get that collector's edition that they're selling in that country. You, no one's buying Metroid Simmons Returns in in UK. Send it to America. Find someone who could get that physical copy. Y'all work out the money stuff, and mm-hmm. bam! Here in America, you got that physical collector's edition that America didn't get. Trust me, I wish I had it. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I wish I had it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of um some of our pros. Now let's get into the cons. And Jesse, I'm gonna start with you again. What are the okay? So I did this a little differently in my mind. I like technically my I'm going to give pros of of the disc one. Like I did where I was doing pros of discless and then pros of disc. You know, like which and you know because. In re- that means that whatever is a pro for one is a con for the other. So, 
So I'm going to do it a little differently. I just, so like I'm doing a pro of, of what disc based games are, which would be a con of, you know, of digital. So with the, with my pros for the disc, you know, for physical is like, you know, kind of like you guys said, um, having, having the actual, product there that you can play without a internet connection all that kind of stuff is is definitely you know something that you lose from from uh from the digital version um the other thing is is like though i i feel like it's not a substantial amount more but you know like when you do buy it on disc there is a little bit of space that you're going to be saving on your hard drive Whereas if you're downloading a full version of a game, you know, like every bit of the information down to your hard drive, that means you're going to have to buy more more uh, space and, you know, could end up in the long run possibly costing you money, you know, more money for that kind of stuff on top of, you know, other things. Um, and then my other pro, is, and you guys kind of said this for, for discs, is just... Like, you can go and, you know, buy a game used and, you know, like three years, you know, or whatever from the time it was released and you can get it for like next to nothing a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if there's games that you miss out and you're like, yeah, I don't really, I mean, they're, they're getting better at doing, you know, like sales and stuff on, on a lot of the consoles or on all the consoles. Um, but still it's like you can go buy a used version of a game and it's always going to be cheaper versus having to wait for a sale, you know, on, on the digital version. So, so, you know, just being able to have a cheaper, um, a cheaper option, um, when you go physical is, is definitely a, a plus for that. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for mine. All right, Corey, what is your con for the uh, disc versus disc? Uh, I mean, like I said before, you know, if you're doing some digital stuff that requires you to be online, you know, like I couldn't mm-hmm. play Destiny, I couldn't play The Division, I couldn't play anything on Game Pass, uh, you know, just because of... of the way digital stuff works, right? I mean, I I know Destiny and Division are actually really bad examples because you still need to be connected to the internet to play those games, regardless. But uh, you know, that's I think that's a one fault. Uh, also, if a game goes offline, if they decide to stop servers for certain things, you know, and and like that's just a you can't play that game anymore, or you can't do certain modes in that game anymore like we see all these stories all the time of of multiplayer servers being turned off for games you know and that kind of sucks it's kind of sad you know and and uh it's that's just one of the things that digital things are going right it's if if you can't if they don't support the game anymore you just can't play it right one day i won't be able to play destiny anymore you know and that's sad uh, you know, not that I'll be playing Destiny in 20 years, but maybe I will be. I don't know if there's, you know, Destiny 4 by then or whatever. But uh, 
it's just it's some of that is really sad to see some of that content go away and uh so that's that's probably a pretty big negative uh digital is also download speeds and and patches Oof. and everything like that's mm-hmm. all kind of you got it if you have the disc and you bought the disc and you can't get a patch you can still install it off the disc and play it right that's a big thing as opposed to digital you have to wait for it to download and if you can't if you can't connect to the internet you can't you know download the latest patches and the game won't run correctly or anything so that's a that's a big negative too i think and then uh uh, but uh, i mean just opposed to that like discs and stuff i have a kid you know like if there's a if she gets a hold of it and chucks a disc across the room there's a big scratch in it can't play it anymore you know so that's another reason why i think it's inevitable yeah <laughs> it will happen also i feel so like she's the one in my house that are right i think she's gonna be the one kid that thinks switch cartridges taste delicious <laughs> so. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. well country what you think is the con for disc versus disc i think the really big con for discless is much like uh, you know any one game kind of stops having servers there's a 0.000001% uh, chance or something like that that like let's say i don't know sony capsizes completely and they can't even run their base you know servers for uh, downloading digital games or updating digital games or anything like that. They can't host the things anymore. There's a possibility that those games aren't yours anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard people say this constantly, and I thought it was bogus. But, I mean, there's a little doubt in there, right? A little seed of doubt that at some point in the future, that game's not yours. And Sony's like, sorry, we got to take it all back. Uh, close up shop, blah, blah, blah. If you have a you know a, a the actual physical disc that's yours you bought that you have it it's there you can still put it into the playstation and play it whereas if you know if something happens to the digital version it's gone forever and you know maybe you get a refund maybe you don't because it's been uh you know three to four years and you still have just the digital version and that they decide to get rid of it so that's the one always kind of scary thing that i think about being a mostly pc game player um because all of our stuff is digital so at some point if steam decides like i don't want to be steam anymore then you know i don't have a hundred game library anymore (laughs) you know so it, it can it can be scary um but it's um it's kind of a reality you uh, stick with, especially if it's a cheaper console. I'm a cheap uh, guy. I almost said a, a bad word, um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm cheap with sometimes. So if uh, if discless is uh, you know cheaper, which I'm sh- sure it might be, then that might be the the console for this guy. Yeah. And I, I actually have a perfect example of uh, of your of your fear. <clears throat> I bought when I bought Quantum Break for Xbox. Um, it came with uh, Alan Wake and the American Nightmare mm-hmm. uh, expansion, 
and Alan Wake and American Nightmare uh, had lost the uh, music rights at one point. Mm. Um, and so I had deleted those games off of my hard drive to make space at one point. Um, but because they lost the the uh, the rights the license. or the, the license for the music, those got removed. And then they did recently bring Alan Wake and stuff back on, but I still can't re-download them for free because mm. because that 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 was a technically a different version of the game, right? So that I had got for free, and so now I was kind of bummed about that. But but they added Alan Wake to uh, to Game Pass. Yes. Um, so, so I, I, I could at least get it through there, but I still, I'd have to pay for, uh, for um, the, um, American nightmare stuff, right? uh, which is a bummer, but, but yeah, that's a perfect example of, of, you know, something like that. Yeah. Cause I own the 360 version of, uh, Alan Wake. Uh, yeah. and I think it's everything that the original version was, mm-hmm. um, for it, um, I, I yeah. know definitely uh, one of the big cons is with the disc, there's a chance that you might get your disc stuck in your system or, mm-hmm. you know, you try to pull it out, hit the eject button and it's not ejecting. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. might get stuck with that. Um, like I mentioned earlier with digital, um, you know, the Silent Hills demo might happen where you got the demo and they take it off and you know, you, you want to have it and everything, but you might cut on your system and the system might update and be like, yep, we're taking Silent Hill off your system. And so now you literally, in order to have that, have to plug that, take it off your system or move it to an external hard drive and never put that hard drive on your system, even though you need that space mm-hmm. um, for it. Um and that's also my last thing is the external hard drive. Um, even though that should be a pro, um, it depends on who has that system. If you are a little kid and you got a 500 gig system and you need space, well, you're going to have to take call off Call of Duty Modern Warfare because that's 200 gigs. Right. You can't play. You only are limited to play certain games. And if you have a set set think of games that your friends play you got to make the sacrifice if moms is not planning to put 75 plus some dollars to get you a one terabyte and up um you are stuck with and this is for both um this and this is you are stuck with a system that has minimum space Mm -hmm. and you know as games get bigger they're going to take up more space so so, so even with like a one terabyte stuff starts filling up because they'll get you with those digital sales playstation or them friday sales they'll get you mm-hmm. microsoft sale microsoft sales they'll get you oh this is 15 dollars off or this is uh, the ubisoft sale 75 percent off let me get this now you realize that you got a, not only a big backlog of games you got a hard drive full of games that you haven't even started yet and right. don't even know when you're going to start it. So yeah, Jesse, I had to take water water <sighs> off because it was just like, you don't have no space to put this on. I'm like, oh yes, I do. And I took it off. <clears throat> I needed some yeah. more games. And, and ga- well, like, games, games would go, well, before you go, games would go and 
the PlayStation stuff, like you need space for those games. So you gotta keep managing that. Well, what I what I do is with those games with gold and stuff, I just download them and then I cancel the download because the second that you hit download, it's you've you've basically you've bought that that game, um, and you now own it. But then you don't have to download it onto your console right away. You can just have it in your games I own. Then later, if you want to download it and play it, you can. But yeah, I never download them right away unless it's something that I absolutely know I'm going to play like that week or, or very soon after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of the one of the things that I want to say about that definitely is a uh, is a con a con of the uh, of the disc version too. That I I I have I believe four Xbox 360s in my house somewhere like they're all i think they're all over the place in my house but i have four of them not a single one of them reads discs <laughs> oh because the the disc drives oh yeah disc, sure disc drives and everything the are 360 ones mm-hmm. yeah well i have i my my project uh, Scorpio. I'm glad it happened that it doesn't read discs because then my friend gave it to me basically for nothing. But um, the disc drive it doesn't read discs. My my project Scorpio that I have. So my friend just instead of screwing around with it, he just ended up buying a new one. Um, but which I think I'm gonna go and because I was thinking about replacing the whole entire disc drive. Mm. Um, but I think I'm going to go the easier route of just replacing the lens. Cause I'm pretty sure that's what the only problem, because if you, if, yeah, because if you replace the disc drive, you've got to know how to solder and do oh, all sure. that kind of stuff. Um, whereas with the lens, it's literally just a matter of popping out the little, you know, little, uh, ribbon things and, and take it out and then just pop a new one in. And you don't have to do any soldering or anything. So I might eventually one day uh, do that once I have have uh, have the Series X because I want to wait till I have a console that I can make sure I can play stuff on. And you know, but um, but yeah, because uh, you know that that's a bummer because like I can't I can't even watch you know if I wanted to buy movies. To watch in 4K, you know, or anything like that, I can't really do any of that stuff right now. I have a whole bunch of of uh, Xbox One games that that I own on disc that I can't even play uh, because it doesn't read them. So, mm. so you know, like I really wish that some that they would spend a little bit more money on making better because it seems like disc drives are a very common thing to go out in a lot of things. My every single laptop that I've owned has just decided to not recognize the disk drive. Um, yeah, I've I've always disk drives are like are like the my the bane of of uh, electronics existence in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna hold off on this uh, Warner Brothers sales thing for next week in or maybe Arsenal X. Um, we're gonna get it to uh, games that we've been getting down. Then uh, I'm gonna hand the YouTube community to plug again, uh, and then we're gonna be out because I know we're running close to 
uh, that time. Um, but uh, what have you been getting down to? Getting down. Um, so I decided to take advantage recently of the Games Pass. And I've been playing a whole bunch of different games. You mentioned Alan Wake. That is definitely one of them. Um, largely because I want to do more reviews of video games as well. So okay. uh, I decided to go back and play Alan Wake. Uh, Hellblade I played. Uh, ooh, shoot. Oh, oh, A Plague's Tale. Um, I've, I played that. I thought that was a wonderful game. Um, yeah. I recently, and I recently just finished, as of last night, Max Payne 3 for the first time. Yeah! Um, nice. And I find that to be a good game. However, I find many faults with it. So <laughs> I will... But- um, I will but be for me, but from me to you, Max Payne is hot, wall headed. I he? love Max Payne. He's, he's hot. He's a he's daddy. Hot. Yes, yes. <laughs> as, as, uh, super daddy that I need in my life. I'm just okay. But yeah, it was um, it it was a fun ride through through Max Payne's uh, psyche. Um, and so as of today, I needed a new single player game to start up, so I started up Dishonored too. So um. I'm getting down with them's people. Uh, for me, um, as everybody know, I finished Tomb Raider uh, for our book club. Very fun game. So I started up Rise of the Tomb Raider on Survivor Mode. Can't wait to play more with that. Um, closer to the end of Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Uh, play some more Skull Attack. Uh, play Streets of Rage 4. Um, going to be jumping into The Last of Us uh, remaster on PS4 and I going to be playing that hard because I need that game to be done by Friday since The Last of Us 2 is coming out. Um, played a little bit more of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Um, I'm trying to find a village and I can't find it because the pointer thing is not giving me directions on where to find it. I may be a goofball and I don't know. Um, boss, please help me learn. Um, it's been quite I, a while since I played Black Flag. <laughs> I, there's a lot of villages in that game. so uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm going to be installing Destiny, the first one, and going through that um, and get ready for Destiny's 2 uh, new DLC um, because Tower Scatro has kind of made a return in, in a sense. And I'll let Corey talk more about that. Um, and I'm Destiny illiterate. I just like, huh? Uh, you did what? The Guardian of Pensacore? Uh, what gun? And I'm just like, look, I bought the game, played it, and then deleted the game. But yeah, I'm going to be jumping back into that. So that's pretty much everything that I've been playing. Um, Corey, what have you been getting down to? Um, well, this week, not a whole lot. I played a little bit more Tomb Raider, obviously, for Book Club. Uh, I'll save that discussion for when we actually have that book club discussion, but uh, I I like the simplicity of it. You know, I think it's uh, a very simple, I mean, it's a little bit more complicated than simple, but it's just like a, with all these games that have RPG mechanics and crafting and all this stuff, it's just kind of nice to like, Okay, I can make my way through this world. I'll get a skill point, add it to something, and just kind of move on, right? So uh, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that aspect of it a lot. Uh, I played. I've played. Been playing a lot of Destiny re- recently. Again, uh, you know, t- 
starting back like two or three weeks ago because i mean it's been a while since i've been on this show because <laughs> of uh you know the panel we did last week and then the uh you know just trying to get some stuff done so i, I i've been pl- jumping back into destiny and i'm really getting, getting sucked back into it is is an understatement so uh yeah i've been, been playing that I've been playing some halo and then i've also been playing some xenoblade chronicles uh on switch uh played about the first half hour 40 minutes before bed the other night and it's uh it's a lot prettier than i remember uh although i know they did do a lot of work to this game to make it prettier but it's it's prettier uh it's really jarring though to play a 720p game on my 4k tv uh so that's that is a little bit jarring but you know i i do uh understand that it is the switch it's not my xbox one so uh yeah i've been playing that and then also a little bit more of assassin's creed odyssey uh so juggling a lot but uh Mm -hmm. really a a lot of destiny honestly i've been playing with friends reconnecting with friends that i haven't talked to in a while and uh you know it's it's been fun i've been diving into like some lore stuff and and reading about characters and locations and and uh just kind of what's happening in the world since i kind of haven't really been keeping up like i used to with what's happening in the story and i know like the seasonal stuff has added a bunch of things and now that they're doing uh kind of live event type stuff uh Mm -hmm. it's 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 more of an investment than it used to be and that the investment in destiny was very large in the first place so uh yeah, really enjoying getting back into that world and seeing what's changed and what's happening and and seeing friends. So mm-hmm. that's that's yes. kind of it, though. So. Mm-hmm. And Jesse, which have you began down to? Um, I've also been going back into Destiny. <laughs> I've I've played I've played quite a few uh, times. There's some. Uh, well, uh, like I've been working on trying to get some weapons and and things like that, and then also like I wanted to go back in. Better get them uh, out because they're taking a lot of them out. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I wanted to go back in just to kind of see some of the newer stuff, and like I played the beginning of this new, you know, the new the new storyline stuff because they kind of like right when you load up the game, they force you into playing a like a. Uh, first per you know or uh campaign storyline mm-hmm. thing that that you have to do right that away before you connect yeah. yeah yeah which i i really liked and uh yeah i'm i'm like honestly like i don't know Corey, if you're planning on playing tonight at all yes yes i am i'm going to cause stream I, it tonight cause, actually cuz i'll play with you actually yeah cuz we still need I, to... I really want to play it we still need to finish the Shadow Keep campaign with for you because yeah. you're a little bit behind yeah. me, and then uh, I know my friend Mitch might play with us. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've I've been getting sucked back into that too because like now <clears throat> now it kind of feels like I'm you know I'm going into the game and there's just a lot more a lot more to do because for a while there it was like you know. Other than like just leveling up my character or trying to get certain other kinds of guns, it just kind of was like, 
I finished the story and then it was just like a lot of grinding, but now it's like, not only do I have story, but when I grind, there's, there's just so much more stuff that I could have the potential to unlock mm-hmm. that, that it's just, it's just rewarding now every single time I play it, no matter how long I play it for. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, it's a perfect time really to, to be getting back into that. I feel like, yeah. Um, like like you like you know said Corey about uh the the tomb raider that we're playing for book club yeah you know i feel the, i feel the same way i've obviously been playing that as well but it's also the same way i feel about um minecraft dungeons like that game is just so good like it's just it's not too difficult it's not mm-hmm. too overly complicated with things you're trying to you know figure out and all that stuff it's just a good game that you can just pick up play for a little while enjoy yourself and you know and be done with it for the day and and like it's just it's just a perfect like game to play if you don't you know you're not sure what you really feel like playing and so, like, I've been playing that occasionally. Uh, my my both of my kids have been playing it. Uh, my son Max mostly has been playing it because he he just absolutely loves that game. Um, but so yeah, I've been playing that a little bit and, and and still enjoying that. It's a lot of fun. It's just it's just good good uh, actiony fun, and uh, you know you don't have to do, do too much stressing or. Or thinking, which is nice sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, <clears throat> I haven't gotten a whole much, uh, a lot further into it, but I'm really, I really want to. Once I finish Tomb Raider, um, I'm because I'm, I'm almost done with Tomb Raider, but um, I want to get back to Man Eater because um, mm-hmm. that game is just so fun and just goofy. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So I I can't wait to get back into that more and just see what kind of goofy chaotic you know mess that that game has yeah. to offer because ah uh, that game is just so much fun and and just the uh, the direction they went with the the humor of it like making it this whole like fishing show type thing it Fish. was just, is just great so Fish, a shark PG oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> It's wonderful. <laughs> well, everybody, that is going to be it from Boss Rush uh, for the podcast. Kamaji, thank you for joining us. Go ahead and plug. Where can we find you at? Of course. So you can find me at Kamaji's Gaming on Twitter. You can find the Weekly Cooldown on Twitter as well at WK Cooldown. Um, I have the website, uh, WKCooldown.com. There's a Facebook page. Basically, if it's not the weekly cooldown, it's WK cooldown uh, somewhere on the internet. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's on Anchor FM. I've been listening to it. It is so yeah. good. Just Review on it. iTunes. Thanks. Five <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>, stars. <laughs> uh, Corey, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at Corey in HD on twitch and mixer and you can also find me on nintendo power block our nintendo podcast and arsenal x our xbox podcast yes jesse where can we find you um you can find me almost everywhere as phantom nxs 
You guys can find me on Twitter at that Frederick Code. You can check Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, other podcast apps. Check out World War One podcast on Popping. Do check out One V One. I interviewed Devin Cox, so you guys can check that out. We got more One V Ones coming out. Uh, check our, uh, like I said, PlayStation Five reveal and reactions. And uh, yes, happy Pride Month to everybody who celebrated. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, I'm so happy that we got to do this episode. Come G's. They come me Jace. I don't know why I say G's. I apologize. Come <laughs> Jace. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having this discussion with us. You are always welcome to come to watch Rush Games. Uh, please stay awesome and amazing. I love you and everything. And we have to touch down. You'll have to come with optional opinion, and we're going to have to just get, just literally go in Big on the down. topic. And yes, it has fun. Once again, thank you, Corey. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, everybody who has uh, who has checked out the Black Lives Matter panel and sending us some thoughts and everything. Thank you, guys, for all of that. But with that, everybody, we will see you next time on Boss Rush Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.